Welcome back to Lost Boys Cypher Circle, everyone. It is our Halloween episode. So it's time to get spooky in here. We're gonna get we're gonna get spooky. I don't know. Do I look better with the hood on? The hood off. I don't know. But this is the best I could come up with today for a costume. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And I hope you guys, I know it's not Halloween yet, but I hope you guys have a fantastic Halloween. Um, before we get started, not to bum anybody out, but as I always do, I take a second to talk about mental health. It's a big part of life. It's a big part of what we do. We all, we all fight monsters in life, and we all put on our own masks uh, every day. Um, so I just want to say that um, keep holding on, keep talking to your support systems, and um, keep using keep using whatever your art is or whatever your outlet is to um, use it, use it as a therapy and, and get whatever that those inner monsters are out. Um, if you would like some extra resources, you can visit BetterHelp.com. They'll hook you up with a therapist in like forty eight hours, um, or you can visit LifelineCrisis.com um, or text their hotline nine eight eight. So. With that out of the way, um, oh, also, um, to be, uh, sorry, um, to be fair, um, I have not done this in the past, but it's something I wanted to start doing, um, just giving a short, short little trigger warning for anyone um, who might be triggered by some of the topics that we talk about. We can talk about a lot of sensitive topics on here. Um, you never know what might set somebody off. And if you need to stop watching um, at any point, nobody on here, including myself, will be insulted or upset in the slightest. We completely understand. Um, but I hope that nothing does trigger you too bad. So anyway, moving on with the show, um, we're going to bring our first guest up here. She's an all-time favorite. Um, and she wears a mask almost every day of the year, not just Halloween. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Let's get her up here. Some days I'm confused if this is a museum or a battleground. If I'm standing in depressing mourn, staring at a display case of my own misery, or if I'm still holding the gun, trying not to be the next one down. There are many parts of me I will never meet or be again. The little girls who lie dead, futilely clutching toys and guns from their unfortunate attempt to fight. The ones of me missing still, gone to some amnesia and shadowed by the monsters that are my agony and rage. The ones held prisoner, either by myself or the tongue-licked lip smirks of monsters. Is this display case screaming for me? Or have I missed the exploding shell that has landed against another part of me? I know I will be the last one standing. I can see that. The fact does still not help me know if this is here and now or there and then. I write this. I sing this. I breathe this for nothing else but them. The fallen, the prisoners, the missing, and their memorabilia. Beelzebub, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to be back, especially yeah, for the I'm Halloween special. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You were one of you were honestly. I mean, the first person I thought of, I was like, "Well, I'm doing a Halloween special. I got it. I got to get the. I got to get the masked artist on, on here." Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. I am so excited. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely so glad you came on here. Um, so you've been on here a bunch of times. Uh, for to, for those of you who don't know her, um, she's got two books out right now. What are the names of those again? 
uh, hive mind of maggots and nightgowns and other war memorabilia. And awesome. And um, and you guys can find that on Amazon if you want to go check her out. Um, and you can find her on Instagram at Beelzebub underscore Montgomery or on Facebook at Beelzy Poetry. Um, but most of most of the audience already knows that. Just for those of you who don't, um, but yeah, um, you want to if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe why you wear the mask, or uh, for those people who don't know, or just anything you wanna you wanna add, uh, go ahead. Um, so I do wear the mask constantly. I am a faceless author. That means anywhere you find me online, I will not have a face that is discernible. Uh, I wear the mask because I struggle with a lot of self-image issues, and the mask feels more like a face than my face, if that makes any sense. Uh, and I use my poetry, and I use most of my works, uh, regardless of what format, to share awareness for mental health and the struggles, and to make being faceless and being unknown a bit more common. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that even... Even people, uh, it was kind of what I was trying to get at in my intro that I couldn't really word quite right, is even uh, people who don't wear a literal mask like you, we, we kind of put on our own masks every day and, and hide from the world or hide from ourselves um, or, or both. And um, a lot more awareness needs to be brought to that. I agree. Exactly. Uh, a, lot people, a lot of people realize that some of us hide every fucking day. You know? Um, yeah, just your whole image is awesome. So, like, I've always appreciated how you kind of, like, have brought that. I've always I've always talked about that. Um, so, I've loved, I love how you bring that whole um, idea I out bring in your image. And your artwork. Um, yeah. I, of your artwork. Yeah, Sorry, go sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, speaking of your artwork, you got you got I heard you got some spooky stuff for us tonight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um what do you wanna what do you wanna do first? Um I will be doing uh mansion first. Okay. All right. Um, and, um, is there anything you would like to say before I drop myself down out of here so you can get to it? Um, no, right. besides I love what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Being loved again feels like the second week of October when signs and mazes and empty hospitals see their yearly trail of life pass through. It feels like I've set out a sign, junky and made of soft wood rotted through. Haunted house, free, but only for a price. You can enter, stay, look through the cupboards and cobwebs and try out the broken doors for free. But to be haunted, to meet the ghosts, you have to give me the price of you. A one-way ticket inside your well-built mansion and I promise this haunted house is yours to roam. What an awful trade. 
It feels like the Halloween comes and goes and haunted houses lose their customers and old hospitals turn back to old graves. And I lose a mansion to sit in the basement of a home that smells like black mold to me. Let me scare you, race your heart into excitement, if only for a moment, because once this time flies by, you find little reason to stay. This used to be a mansion. Wow. As always, one of my favorite things about what you do when you write is you like find these metaphors and you find a way to not only paint like a picture with them, but draw out like a story and and for a beginning, middle and end. And it's it's almost like a movie in your head, just just with your words. Um, and the way you managed to do that is fantastic. And um, I also love love the way you read it too. your your narr narration voice um, is fantastic. And I've noticed like you've gotten more like not necessarily better, just more confident since you've been on like show more times. Like you just read it so much like you're, you're not worried. Uh, we're kind of like familiar with the vibe. So you, yeah. you read it. Like, and I've, I mean, I've been a fan of your performance from the beginning, but like, you just get better and better every time you come on and every time I see you, honestly. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it really is a confidence builder. I, I love this show and the vibes and just the energy of it is, it's really comforting. Yeah, that's what I go for. That's, you know, that's what I, that's what I try to have, you know, that's, that's the vibe. Um so what uh is that a recent piece you wrote or is that like last Halloween yeah. or something like that? Uh, I wrote that the day that you told me I would be coming on the show again. That's awesome. As a matter of fact, um the day I told you I was coming on the show, I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll give me plenty of time to write something too. You know, when I started it, I so I, I told you I was you were coming on the show like three, maybe four weeks ago. I started yep. writing a piece I'm going to share with you guys tonight, three days ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like that. I'll, I'll plan something, but then I won't like, I'm a last minute, minute. Like, uh, I, I was always like that in school too, with my essays and, and everything like that. But I like, yeah, same. I like that we're, um, I believe that we have at least one or two other artists tonight that are doing new fresh pieces that they just made um which is awesome too i love to see like the new work because like i often find the thing that you're just you're, you're you just made or your work you're just working on is like your favorite thing you've ever done and, like, yeah at, my second one? at that moment it has to be the fa your favorite thing you've ever done or for me at least it has to be like my favorite thing i've ever done in that moment because I'm always trying to like one up myself if, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense yes. um, but like I I always think that yeah it's it's really special when we get to share something that we're like in the process of making so that excitement as an artist is still there like oh, look at this like you know yes. yeah can't wait yeah. to show it so thank you yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing that one with us. I'm going to bring um, the other three artists up on the screen real quick, see if they have any questions or comments for you. Um, hello, everybody. Um, who would like to go first? I can see if they you have any. Kevin, I can see you becoming extremely popular at some point. The uh, the thing with the mask and the subject matter is just good. Keep going. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And like Dylan said, I've like you've gotten so much more confident. It's insane. Now wouldn't you? I really like. Yes. Wouldn't it be hilarious if she was just dropped in beautiful under that man? <laughs> what, what's that, Kevin? You, uh, your mic's a little quiet. I'm sorry. I said, wouldn't it be hilarious if she was just dropped in beautiful underneath the mask? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that that would be like not necessarily a shock, but it, I, I would kind of be like, well. Why are you why are you hiding then? You know what I mean? I would uh, if I do turn out to be drop dead beautiful on the mask, I wouldn't know I haven't actually looked at myself in years. But if I turned out to be, I think it would be even more evidence that no matter what you think a person is, they can always be struggling. What if you what if you went into like like say you were in like a Walmart bathroom one day, right? And you had to like mm -hmm. just take it off for just a second, right? And then like the some guy from Victoria's Secret or some girl from Victoria's Secret walks in. It was like, I can give you a job right now. Um, being a model sounds like a very awful career. So I have been offered model modeling positions before, but uh, it's a very hard, stressful job that I don't think I would that be interested be a in. A, a model with a mask that be that could be a whole new niche in and of itself. <laughs> It could be. Uh, oh, I actually sorry, have another question. Go ahead. So do you wear the mask like constantly? Uh, I do wear it often, very often. Uh, I do have a group of friends, a uh, personal life in which I don't have my mask. And there are select few who are online who get to see my face. But the mask is something that I wear pretty much often. I try to avoid wearing it in banks and uh, establishes where I'm likely to be perceived as a robber. Understandably. Hey, but so, nobody like, in told public anybody places. that during COVID. Yeah. But I, I, do believe this is the, I do believe this is the wrong kind of COVID mask. I don't think this would uh, protect anyone. <laughs> uh, it does. But yeah, in public. Uh, uh, so, uh, sorry, um, any other questions or comments for Beelzebub? Like always, I... like, like always, uh, I love your work and like the metaphor that you put into it as far as like, it would be awful if you came in and saw me and like, this is like how it was and like things like that. Like this is the price you have to pay to see me. Um, it's, it's always great like to see how you take such a simple sounding thing and you turn it into something that's so complex and intricate. Thank you, Toby. I really appreciate that. 
You're welcome. I love all the support you guys are giving each other. Like that's honestly 100% what I do this for. And just like what he was saying, like I can see you all going places and really doing something with your crafts. Like um, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I've had, I've had um, the three, three of you on before. I haven't had Kevin on before, um, but I am sure that he is just as talented. We're, we're going to get to him in a few minutes. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I can, I, I, I see, I see all of you going places and Beelzebub 100% like that persona and that whole, it, it works and it, it's something unique that nobody, I mean, there's bands that do it, but besides, but like writers and poets, you don't see a lot of that. And that's, that's good that you've like found your niche. Um, so stick to that. Absolutely plan on it. Uh, Awesome. Thank you for doing that piece. And I will have you back in a little while for your second piece. All right. We are going to get, um, I believe our next artist. I'm sorry. I'm so disorganized today, guys. I'll admit it straight off the cuff. I am way on way more unorganized than I usually am for this show. But that being said, I believe our next artist is Toby um writer and poet if you want to go follow uh it is uh toby lee on facebook that's pretty basic spelling t-o-b-y-l-e-e um and yeah let's let's just get her get get him up here pour your words into me lies of love and care words of bitterness and hate words of judgment and cruelty words released from unfiltered anger then follow it with fake apologies and watch as my porcelain starts to crack at the edges. Watch as I crack and continue to pour your hate into me. Whenever I crumble and break, toss me out and buy a cup made of polycarbonate for maybe that won't break so easily. Hello. How you doing? Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. All right, fantastic. How you doing? Um, I love, dude, I love your makeup. Just, I want to start off. That Thank is, you. That is awesome. I wanted, I wanted to do, when I first came up with this idea, I kind of wanted to do blood tears, but, uh, unfortunately my sister didn't have any red makeup. And, right. Uh, so I was just like, well, do what you can. Um, yes. you know I mean? uh, and she, she, she did make it look, look pretty cool, but I like yours better. It, it looks, looks good like, too, though. Looks like it took a lot of time. It actually didn't. I just took like eyeshadows and eyeliners, and then fake blood. That's probably like two years old, <laughs> and um, just played around with it. Like I tried to do a ghost thing, and it just wasn't working out. So I had to wipe that off real quickly. Do this, and then log on. Well, it hey, it came out good. It worked. Thank you. I mean, all. All I got is some fucking mascara and a dollar spider web and spiders. <laughs> That's all I, That's all I got. I mean, I made, I did make that little, uh, that little Halloween intro for the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I, I was running out of ideas. I worked all day and I was just like, I got to get this show rolling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, for those. Peep, sorry, my camera went a little wonky there. 
for those people who don't know you, you've been on a few times, but do you want to talk a little bit about yourself and your writing? Um, sure. So I do a lot of um, horror or uh, mental health-based poetry and short story writing. Um, a lot of times my poetry tends to be kind of in the form of a story format. Um, just I don't do a whole lot of extra metaphors for things. It's very much of, <laughs> of a like storyline, like lyrical kind of thing. Um, that's that's all I can think of. I'm kind of disorganized today. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I understand. I mean, your the your flyer that I put. That's kind of why I play these flyers. Is you know I know that the people I'm bringing on are real people with real lives that are mm -hmm. exhausted and maybe not prepared to come on and and do a do a show but yes. <laughs> still want to be here so I try to make it as easy for them as possible and so that's why I make the flyer so I can sort of like it because your your poetry it speaks for itself yes. it shows your style it shows everything you were just talking about you know what I mean and you you did you didn't I did understand what you said like you did word it well mm -hmm. but um your poetry I mean it, it speaks for itself and that's that's kind of why I try to make people's flyers for them so that they can kind of get like a, a sneak peek of um, the artist's style and whatnot. Yes. But that that piece, I, I've had that piece. I think you were on my second show ever. Yes. And I've had that flyer since then. And it is still one of my favorite pieces. That's why I play it. I mean, if you ever want me to make you a new one, to come on the show i will but i just keep using that one because it is it it's fantastic same with the one i used for um b she um that like her poetry it sometimes like makes my skin crawl but like in a good way you know what i mean like yes just that, that kind of like ooh. yes like you know you know it like lion king where they're like mufasa he's like ooh, say it again <laughs> ooh, mufasa <laughs> um anyway so um what do you got you got something spooky for us tonight too to go with uh that makeup yes uh i have two poems the first one is black-eyed children it's another urban oh, legend inspired thing Black-eyed children. I like that. I like that. All right. I'll drop myself down. And let's get to it. All right. It was late at night. What time? I don't remember. All I know, it was late. Too late for anybody to be out and about on these dangerous streets. It all seemed normal. It was my dog that gave me the first signs, the first warning. The usually calm and gentle animal getting onto its feet and growling at the closed door, as if he sensed something before it even arrived, like he knew I would be in danger. Then in knocking, just a staff topping against the wooden frame and I hesitantly stood from my safe couch. I didn't understand it, why, why I was suddenly consumed by so much dread that I felt as though my lungs were tied up by rubber bands and my stomach felt too heavy. I didn't understand stand I should have used this as a sign that I shouldn't get closer, that I should go to my room and hide. I was foolish not to listen to my gut feelings. 
Whenever the last barrier keeping me from the danger was removed, there were stood two children, young children, who had their heads bowed towards the pavement below their feet. I felt as though my body was being weighed down by chains as I looked at them, but I forced myself to speak. Are you two okay? I asked, cursing my own voice for how it trembled in their presence. Can we come in? We need to call our parents, one spoke. I hesitated. Stuck. This didn't feel right. It didn't feel safe. It didn't take kindly to my hesitance. Please let us in. We need to call our parents. Still, I stood there until they turned their, they turned their angry gazes up at me. I never imagined what feeling, what the feeling of seeing the devil would be like until they looked up at me. Both eyes solid, bat, solid black like lumps of coal that lodged into their eye sockets instead of actual eyes. They held so much hatred, so much anger, and it was only whenever they tried to push the door for their open that I slammed it shut and locked it. Clattering came from all around, angry shouts, harsh knocks against the door, the windows, and all around the home. And for several moments, I believed myself to have suddenly died and gone to hell. Then it stopped. The fear, the dread, it vanished. The dog stopped growling. Everything was over. I woke up from my dead sleep, gasping for air and grasping onto my bed sheets. It was late at night. The dog started growling at the end of my bed, and there was a knock at my front door. And you're just going to leave it like that? <laughs> just... <laughs> you're just going to leave... <laughs> I'm like sitting on and there's a knock on the front door and then what <laughs> that was definitely that definitely hit the suspense mark that's definitely like I love your I love your like description you're always so descriptive and like you're you're another one of those artists that is really with the detail you can paint a very vivid picture mm -hmm. in my mind I, I I can feel myself there being in that in that person's shoes or whatever. Yes. But that definitely hit the suspense mark. And then I hear a knock on my Then what? What happened? What is on the other side of the door? No. That was awesome. I like that. That was an excellent Halloween piece. That that gave me kind of like a um, nostalgia in a way. Like I, I mean, I've always like since a kid, I've been very, very into Halloween and mm -hmm. spooky things, horror movies, and stuff like that. And just that, just the vibe of it. It definitely gave me like a nostalgia, but it was also like it was overcome by like the suspense and then the like cliffhanger it was just yes <laughs> oh that was great i mean but when you you know what that's what stories are for is like to get some to get a reaction out of yes. the, the audience and like it doesn't matter whether that reaction like you can kill a character and make them sad you can do something else to make them angry the point is to get a reaction and that was yes. that definitely had me i was like <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah no that was that was great uh I'm gonna bring everybody else up to see what they had to say or what they thought about it what they have to say about it I can't talk 
They see if you continued that whole line, it wouldn't have worked. It ended exactly where it had to. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it just, that's what I'm saying, like, to that as a writer, I can understand it had to end there to mm -hmm. give that suspense to the reader and to get and to give me that reaction but then as the audience i'm like but but where what what what's the what's behind the door man you know yeah yeah no it was but that was a fantastic and it, it did have like a um uh, like creepy sort of like even though it was left on a cliffhanger cliffhanger it had a creepy sort of finality to it almost you know something awful happened right because yeah. yeah, it was left up into interpretation but you just know like it just wasn't good yeah 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 fine because he wasn't able to write no more after that point right <laughs> yeah, yeah you kind of like get to a certain point and you're like you know what i'm just going to like leave it here and to get the reaction from everybody that i want <laughs> Definitely. You nailed it. You definitely nailed it. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love how descriptive you are and how much of like a story it feels like. You are such a great storyteller. And the suspense definitely worked. It definitely worked. I, I even had chills. At some point when you were reading, uh, coyotes started howling outside. And I was like, oh, no, I'm being sued. <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're summoning. You're summoning things to like through the camera, through however far away we are. You're like summoning fucking demons, and the and the coyotes are like, oh no, we gotta. Animals can sense it first when that, that type of shit's coming. The animals sense it first. The cows start freaking out and everything. Yeah, you. Yeah, my dog tends to be the thing that freaks me out the most if I'm home alone. Like home alone, there's nothing outside, and he starts growling, and it's usually his own reflection. But I'm just like, what's going on? The two things that'll happen: either animals will freak out, or the whole woods will just go dead silent. Yes, and that's two two ways you know that there's danger. Oh yeah, there's something going on, for sure. Um, Skedaddle, did you have anything you wanted to say, talk about, add? The Black Eyed Children was like the most terrifying urban legend to me when I was so that like hit home. That you did, you executed that perfectly. Thank you. No I agree. Oh, yeah. That's another thing I wanted to say is like you've done this on the show before, and I love how you take like, um, whether it be anime, TV shows, or or legends or whatever, and you like take take them and you put your own spin on them and you make and you make them yours you know what i mean like um i have i have a friend who did one that was really good um that was like it was all wizard of oz metaphor it was like all a metaphor for life and it was fantastic and i i love when people do that uh, so that's another thing that i love that you do as as an author thank you yeah um, thank you guys for all your feedback. Um, I will have you back up in just a little while for your next piece. And um, I think that brings us to Miss Skedaddle.
here, our digital artist. Um, if you guys want to check her out, um, she's actually, hold on. I'm going to play her fly. I, I forgot I had a flyer for her. There we go. Uh, I, I love your flyer. Just, I mean, I, the artwork too, but like the music is just like, I can play your flyer over and over again. <laughs> I love it. I love that you, uh, you like, I, as you can see, and as everybody can see, I make most of the flyers or whatever. And you're one of the few artists that makes their own flyer and customizes it. And then, you know, I, and then you had me like select some, some kind of uh, music for it. Um, which was like, you know, you wanted like a rock, rock type thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's really like just making the flyer itself. People don't realize how much work goes into that and how like artistic you have to be. And like, especially with touch screens nowadays, when you're trying to line shit up on the screen and your finger moves and it, like, it's so <laughs> aggravating. Like, so I understand all the things that went into making that flyer and the other one we had on past episodes of the show. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. And uh, like the flyer said, you guys can go check her out um, uh, at skedaddle art, skedaddle underscore art on Twitter or on Instagram at x.skedaddle.art.x. Um, and that is where you can find her artwork. And she also um, makes like ads if you want like a digital video. I or do ad. like art and, commissions. Yeah. So if you want something drawn, I'll draw for you and send you the money. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever you need for like your book or ads or whatever the, whatever you need art for, uh, you hit her up on those platforms that I just mentioned and um, she can um, get some art for you. So that being said, the piece you are going to share with us tonight, I have it right here, um, but you did not, however, give me a name for it. Um, yeah, I put it in the chat earlier. It's called Doll Keeper. I completely space, space to tell you. No, it's all right. It's all right. Um, I had a lot going on too. So if you sent it to me, I might've not seen it because I just had so much going on but um this is fantastic and it's honestly one of you said that you weren't sure about it um i remember you sending me that but i think it's one of the best that i've seen on the show and that you've sent me personally um you want to you want and <clears throat> i believe it's new right you just drew this yeah like literally i finished it maybe 10 minutes before I had to come on the show. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. That's awesome. All right. So um, tell us a little bit about it. What inspired it and the thought behind it. It's actually, it's funny because I kind of went down the same route as Toby. It's an old urban legend called the doll keeper. It's of a woman who went insane and of, of her child growing old. So she tried to turn her into a living doll. 
So I kind of put that in my own perspective. What would the little girl look like? And yeah, um, just do something spooky. So I'm I'm not familiar with that particular legend. Um, I am a little bit familiar with the the Black Eyed Children legend that, sh- that Toby mentioned, um, but I am familiar with like Coraline, and that sounds a lot like it, um, it kind of sounds yeah a lot, sounds a lot like Coraline. I um, so that a lot of people don't know that it, that movie was originally a book written by Neil Gaiman, um, and Neil Gaiman um, has talked about how he gets a lot of inspiration from, uh, mythology and folklore. So, um, that very well could have been a, uh, I, I won't say for sure cause I'm not sh- positive, but that very well could have been an inspiration for like Coraline. Like, I feel like if they made a Coraline too, this should be a character right here. They should call you up and buy your rights or work out a contract with you. Because this needs to be a character, like just is, so. Is she? Tell me a little bit about the like duality, like half nature of her face. Um. So I'm not fully sure on it. I just thought it kind of looked nifty, but she is still in the process of becoming the doll. That's why she doesn't have that right arm, and she's still, you know, somewhat there. So that and- could be part of it. So when when she becomes the doll, does that does she like what happened? Does she become brain dead? Does she lose her free will? What is so the in the story she unfortunately passes away. The mo- mother's not successful and then that drives the mother even more mad. She also passes away. So that I guess that could be put up to uh like Sword. Interpretation. Your imagination. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, no, I'm like, but that, yeah, that is fantastic. And like I said, it is definitely one of um, my favorite pieces that I've seen from you. And I think that it like belongs in like some kind of, or, ooh, or a Chucky spinoff. It could be, a, ooh, that is, yeah. Yeah. That could be cool. That could be cool. Uh, anyway, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring everybody else up here and see what they think about it. All right. Did you, did you, all right. Let's see. Um, I got people's faces blocked here, so I'll take that down. Um, who wants to go first? Questions, comments? B. Have you heard of Robert Madal? What were you going to say, B? Oh, um, I was just going to comment on how I like how you got the facial emo- uh, facial expression. Uh, even though, like, the face is already half uh, morphed, I do like the fact that you included that facial expression of sadness. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's kind of what I was going for. And you, Kevin? Yeah. I think I'd run like hell away from that doll. <laughs> Me too, probably. Or get yeah. more girl help. Have you ever heard of Robert the Doll? That's a real life haunted doll. Ooh, They've no, got I haven't. In Florida, and uh, if you if you make fun of him or you take a picture without his permission, bad things happen to you. That's really interesting. I'm gonna have to research that. Oh, yeah. Robert the Doll. 
freak you out badly. Yeah, I didn't I know mean, about that either. I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm I'm like so into like I'll get those books that are like, you know, all the haunted locations in your area or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm super into that kind of stuff. Uh, I'll definitely have to check that out. And yeah, she's what you were saying, B is like that's I agree. That is like one of my favorite things with her art is she always find even if it's just like a two second doodle, there's always some kind of emotion in it. Like, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll always ask her, like, what's it? And she'll be like, oh, it's just a doodle. But then, like, if you press her for a minute, like, you can get her talking. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and there's there's always more to it because, like, as artists, like, that's what it is. Like, there's always more to it because we put, you know, pieces of ourselves and pieces of, you know, emotion and whatnot into our art. So, yeah, like, she's she's always able to capture that emotion in her art. It's fantastic. I really uh, Toby, did you have anything you wanted to say? Yeah, I was going to say, like, you kind of expressed whenever you were asked about, like, the kind of, like, half-morphed face, and you were like, oh, it's kind of, like, nifty. Like, you said that you thought it just looked, and it is. I, but I like that it was kind of like that half-morphed because it creates a picture of, like, it's not just a doll. It's somebody literally losing their humanity. It's, yeah, it's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. It, it was really cool. I really appreciate that. And I love, um, and I, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but, you know, I, I'm sure, like, with every, you know, it's based off an urban legend. So with every urban legend, there's, you know, lessons about life in it. And I, I kind of like the parallels um, that are drawn, like, between real life and just sort of, like, losing like her like she was saying losing like losing her humanity and sort of feeling like half in one world half in another kind of thing um i i really like like i was saying the duality of of that that's fantastic um so thank you so much for sharing that with us um I'm not sure. yeah absolutely um i'm not sure how long you'll be able to stick around um, but if I don't catch you to say goodbye, um, uh, again, before the end of the show, thank you so much for coming on. And one more time, you guys can find her on Twitter, which is actually, it's called X now. Um, yeah. you can find her, you can find her on X and <laughs> you can find her on X at skedaddle underscore art, um, or on Instagram at skedaddle.art. Dot, uh, oh, sorry, x.skedaddle.art.x. Um, so thank you very much. And um, we will have you again on again. Uh, wow, again on again. I can't even talk tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll have you again, 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 because you've already been on here like what, three times? We'll yeah. Definitely, we'll definitely have you back. Probably. <laughs> thank you. It was good to have you. All right, guys. That brings us to our new artist, um, our I believe our only new artist tonight. Um, his name, I believe, I'm not, I don't want to mispronounce the last name, but I believe is Kevin Burge or Berg. He's going to have to correct that for me. Uh, he's an author. He's got some short stories in the work. 
that will pre uh, be presented in an illustrated pulp magazine published by Spider Scout Press. Um, so make sure you guys go check that out. Um, and he'll he'll talk more about it when he comes on. Um, you can follow him on Kevin Burge or Berg. Again, I don't want to butcher it. I apologize. Um, or contact him at um, B-I-R-G-E dot C-E-V-I-N at gmail.com. Uh, so that is his introduction, and I'm going to play his flyer, and we'll get him up here. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're good. How are you doing tonight? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's an honor. Um, so as uh, as you were saying, I'm with Spider Scout Press. Uh, my my email is with a K, not a C. Burge.kevin at gmail.com. I might have typoed that in message. Oh, oh, I I apologize. Um, oh, sorry, sorry about that. Oh. Yeah. Um, and how do you pronounce your last name again? That right the first time, Burge, B-I-R-G. Burge, okay, all right, fantastic. Uh, so yeah, uh, burge.kevin at gmail.com or Kevin Burge on Facebook. Um, yep. And that's and that's Kevin with a K. Yep. But um, besides that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you started writing and, and what you're working on now or whatever? Well, uh, I've always been motivated. I mean, from earliest childhood, I've had a fetish for books. Um, and I always had the skill. I was always good with the language, but uh, for a long time, the work wasn't ready. I would have extremely well-written garbage, but now I'm finally at a point where the work is ready and I'm ready, and uh, I've gotten one lucky break, a small one. You need several to get anywhere at all in any kind of creative field. But uh, anyway, I've got a few things for you tonight. We're talking about the Pulp Magazine, Slam Bang Adventures. I'm still working on the, the rest of the material for the first issue, but we have been doing previews. Here's the first preview, and uh, the story is called Striped Shirts and Pilfered Souls. I like I like that artwork. I like that artwork. Yeah. That is, that's awesome. Eric Bolton is the guy's name. He is phenomenal. I uh, I can't believe that I've got somebody in this. One more time, character. Eric Folson? Bolton, B-O-L-S-U-N-G. Okay. Kind of All right. Awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Stuff. Yeah, we uh we love to support like everybody's uh, everybody's producers, everybody's artists, and and everything. So shout out to him. Um, and uh, he does he does do fantastic work. I love that. I love love that cover work. And that, is that just the cover work for one That's story, or is that for the whole collection? No, uh, the. Uh... The actual first issue will have its own cover. This is just for the preview edition, and I'm sure it'll be used again in the in the full size magazine. Um, if you've ever opened up an old paperback where you got about one page of material, you know, to lure you in and uh, entice you, this is a version of that. There's more than a single page here, but it really is just a taste of, of what the, the story is all about. Um, okay. It was set out with uh, with orders. Um, this publisher, I'm the first fiction that they've done. Uh, they're known for the board game Cave Evil. They're typically distributors of and creators of board games, 
role-playing games. Uh, they do some harsh noise and black metal on cassette. Uh, very cool. Look up caveevil.com. And, uh, yeah, when I, um, I went to, um, I believe it was, uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to tell me one more time. It, uh, the, the website was evil. Um, yeah. Caveevil.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, caveevil.com. And I, I went there and, um, I, I was re like to your, um, you know, the bio page that they had about you. Um, and then at the bottom, I was reading that it was, uh, this, like it said, you know, this marks the first publication, um, with this company. And I was like, Oh, that, that's cool. So, um, you're kind of like starting, you're kind of helping build, build something of your own. We are, uh, collectively trying to figure out how to do an old school pulp magazine the way they did it in the twenties and thirties, you know, in the, in the style of weird tales or, you know, the places where Robert E. Howard got started, which is one of my big influences, the, the pulp guys, you know, like Kent Robeson and Robert E. Howard were, were huge for me in terms of influence. That's really cool. Like I, I love how you're trying to bring like, um, sort of like, you know, especially, I mean, magazines, like a, it's, it's a dying media, but it's not like, it's something that like the kids, the kids who grew up with comic books and there was a new issue every week, like that was their life. You know what I mean? Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little too young to be quite in that era, but, um, I was lucky enough to grow up with parents that, raised me right and um i got plenty of comic books and i was sort of enticed in that that sort of culture of like you know um a new a new story every week because that's that's what it what my mom would bring them home um like one or two at a time so for me it was like you know a new a new issue every week and that i love that kind of like and they don't do that with television anymore either it's all streaming platforms they all upload it all at once or whatever and you know you just want you just binge watch it and then you're done in two days you know i love i love the i love how you're kind of trying to to bring back the old um like you know issue by issue story format um that's awesome yeah um and hopefully we can we can find enough people to keep it as a going concern one decision that we have made is that we're not doing any digital content can be print only. Um, my big objection, well, there's two of them. One, AI is not really artificial intelligence, it's mechanized plagiarism. It can't create anything. What it does is it looks at other things and aggregates them and takes what it needs out of them. I'm not interested in having my work taken by an AI device. Secondarily, you know, anything that's in print in the digital media can be found for free somewhere, which is not something I'm interested in having done. So. I, I'm looking for people that want physical media. You know, if you want to read the work, then, you know, you're going to have this beautiful piece of art to hold in your hand. You know, and hopefully will maybe be worth more than you pay for it someday. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing about physical things is, like, there's all these, there's all these, um, I forget what you call them, N NWTs or whatever, um, yep. or the, the, uh, where you, you buy, I don't really even understand how it works. Um, and, and then the Bitcoin and all this like digital stuff, but all that could disappear like that. Like it, people don't realize it, but it could just 
everything could just disappear. Like sometimes, and I'm, I'm a big thing, especially with, with books is I like to have, and I don't always have the money to do it, but I like to have like, especially hard covers. There's just something about holding like a nice hardcover or, you know, just a night, like a nice piece of artwork, just holding it in your hand. And, you know, I'm, when I read it, I do, I do sometimes crease the spine and I'm a little harder on books than I should be, but like, I, I'm not, so I'm not one of those freaks who like takes perfect care of them, but it is something that I, I enjoy the, the physical, there's some, there's some kind of energy about holding a, a physical copy of something uh, mm-hmm. that you're, you're right about that. Um, I re- I really like that you're, you're doing that. Um, so, uh, again, what is that, what is that first, what is that piece you're going to be sharing with us? It's, it's like a preview of the story. Uh, yeah, this is a, this, they called this the slam bang mini. Um, and they printed these out and if you'd ordered a game from them or a t-shirt or anything, they would have put this into your order and you got it for free. And, uh, they were also giving them away too. You could read the right to them and ask that. They're all they're all they're all out of them now. I think they may be more. Okay. And then, uh, the the piece that he actually invited me here for they they threw this out as a, a, a seasonal thing, a seasonal gimme for their customers, and it's called Jack O' Lantern Two. And uh, it was my attempt to do a ghost story of a of a kind I'd never heard before. I was going for something that, you know, I was trying to think of an angle on the classic ghost story that I had never heard. Now, there's nothing new in the world anywhere. It means I hadn't heard this before. Well, all right. Well, um, I'm going to, I'm going to drop myself out of here and I'm going to let you get to it. And I'm anxious to hear it. And I'm anxious to read because this is obviously probably going to leave me on a cliffhanger or leave me wanting more just as bad as freaking Toby's did. So whenever that does come out, um, please message me and send me the, the link to, to buy, um, to buy a copy of that. Cause I will 100% love to hold that in my hands. All right. Awesome. All right. I'm going to get myself out of here and uh, I'll let you get to the reading. All right. Okay, well, this is the shorter of the two pieces, so I'll start with it. It's it's the the Slam Bang Mini One. Gather around, children, and listen. Back in the olden times, long before the dam in the lake was even thought of, these hills were wild. Creatures of darkness and terror roamed about and haunted the deep hollows between the mountains. Witches worked curses in all manner of devilment, but for every dark there had to be a light. And in those days, the light raised up the man called Buckshot to be the champion of these Ozark hills. The fire burned low, leaving just a faint red-orange glow to light the cabin. Winter had come on early and hard, but Buck cherished the quiet and solitude that had wrought for him. He was an early riser, and so his body and mind were floating up from the deep places of the dreaming lands to be more present in the world. Buck began to catalog what needed doing for the day. The last thing that he expected and desired was a knock on his cabin door. So of course, the knocking came, frantically, and was forced. The pounding was incessant. Buck sighed, swung out of this wonderfully warm bed, and pulled on his overalls. Be right there. He looked about and considered. Buck owned many weapons. Yawning, 
He plucked a colt dragoon in the off of an oaken stump that served for his kitchen chair. He rubbed his eyes and pulled back the hammer as he walked to the door. Freezing wind greeted Buck as he opened as he pulled the door open. Snow blew in and scoured the seats like sandpaper. A small, shivering, red-faced man looked at, up at him, hat in his hand, his face rinsed into a frown of pathos and supplication. Buck nodded in recognition. His cousin, Jacob. He, he eased the hammer of the dragon back down and pulled him in, shutting the door against the horrible weather. He's going to take my soul, Buck, he wailed, and broke down into hysterical tears. Buck sat his cousin down. Ain't nobody taking the soul. Not today, anyhow. Buck pulled the jug down off the mound and poured a strong dose of liquor into a blue metal cup. He handed it to the trembling kin. Get yourself together and tell me what's going on. Whatever it is, Buck thought. It had to be awful. His cabin was extremely difficult to get to, especially in bad weather. Whatever drove Jaseth to his door must be powerful motivating. Jaseth was notoriously lazy. He downed the cup, flushed and coughed, and held it out. Buck filled it again, and then again, and then again. Finally, he relaxed. Buck, I was down to Springfield, and I'd done some bad things. Buck nodded, such as. Drinking. Go on. I'm sure this is just an appetizer. Jaseth nodded, grimacing. And I was loafing. I wouldn't take work. I was just saving things to get by. Hellbound back to the result. But you said someone in particular was coming to get your soul. The devil usually just waits for nature to take its course with folks like you. The old man's lower lip trembled like a child caught in the act and in line for a whipping. I got the game for him, Buck. I did it pretty regular. He smiled a little and sat straighter. And I was doing good at it. I was making money every night. He leaned forward, grinning. Every night for a week straight, my stack was getting higher and higher. Buck chuckled. Why didn't you quit while you was money ahead? Jacob gaped. You don't quit when you get on a winning streak, Buck. He could scarcely believe Buck's name. They would call me the Pharaoh of Pharaoh. High times, I reckon. Buck struck a match and lit up his pipe. You got down on a losing streak, and you had to get all your money back. And you bet your soul because you didn't have nothing else. Jacob gaped. How in the world did you know? That's just what happened. His eyes glazed over. There they was, twenty hundred dollar bills laid out just as neat as you please to take them. She looked so pretty on them bills, Buck. You could smell that new money smell. Shoot. Buck there's no bills that have female portrait on the face. Lucy Holcomb Peckins. She's on the Confederate hundred, Buck. Everybody knows that. Buck nodded. Buck nodded. You telling me you bet your soul on Confederate money? The war. Never mind. Just tell me what happened to get you into this pickle. Well, Buck, I got to showing up to the Pharaoh table that was run by a devil. Buck held his hand up. Wait. An actual devil. J.F.S. nodded, looking down at his shoes like a scolded child as he did so. And what made you think you could gamble with the devil and any good would come of it? The fundamental dishonesty of the fiend is well known to all. Buck felt a cold, sinking weight in his belly. An actual devil would be more than a little trouble. They were bred in fire and darkness, tougher than any natural beast, slippery as a greased pig, and meaner than snakes. Every once in a great while, one would make the long climb up from hell and get topside, and it was always trouble for anyone that crossed their path when they did. He seems like a nice enough fellow, Buck stared. 
He didn't smell bad, nor use profanations in his talk, or even act mean. Fuck, And his clothes. You should have seen the way he dressed. Silk pants. He dressed down the side of his fatty trousers. With a crease right down the side, thick as you please. Fuck, spared. And his shirt. I never saw such. Store bought it was all striped with red and green and yellow. Buck stared. Just tell me what happened. I was up $2,000. People was coming from miles around to watch me play. I was hot, but I lost it all that night. I couldn't get a card to come up to save my life. You wouldn't believe how bad I felt when that devil reached out and snatched out the last dollar I had to my name off that table. Folks was laughing and carrying on. They just loved seeing me cut down. I was going to walk out of there and spend no more I was if an old Jack Strath told me to come sit back down. Well, that was your worst mistake. Fuck you, a cloud of smoke at the ceiling. And then what? He laid that pile of hundreds down, and he said, One bet, winner take all. If I got it right, I took all the money. If I got it wrong, he's going to come take my soul as soon as his business is done and he's ready to go back home to hell. The cards were mighty thin, and the odds were good that I could win. I saw that the kings of hearts, clubs, and diamonds had all been drawn. That left just one king in that skinny little pile of cards. I bet on the king. Buck closed his eyes, and he caught you out on his dead bed. That's what happened. But he cheated. He cheated. There was only three kings drawn, but when I looked again, there was four. I know there wasn't four there before. Of course he cheated. He's a devil. He'd rather win by cheating than by any other way. An honest victory would gall him like a tanker. Buck cracked his knuckles inside. How much time you got? Is old Jack Scratch still dealing Pharaoh down to Springfield? Be continued. To be continued. God damn it. Again. <laughs> You're doing it to me again. Um, first thing I want to say, or compliment, um, I should say, is the way you use dialect. Not a lot of people know what I mean when I say that. It is very hard to write a certain dialect. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of, I'm sure you must have read Mark Twain, Huckleberry Finn. Um, he was, he's very famous for it and, and, the, and the dialects he uses. And it's because when you're writing, you're not writing real words. You know, half the time, you know what I mean? You're writing half words or mispronounced words or whatever. And then the second part of that is reading that and performing it is a whole nother bag. And you did excellent with the accent, excellent with the dialect. It was um, fantastically read. So, and, and, and written um, and the way, and again, both with writing and reading the way you were able to go between sort of a, a more mild mannered, um, you know, English, uh, American accent and, 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 a um, kind of Southernish dialect was, was fantastic. So I really appreciated that. Um, and the second thing that, um, I really liked was like the description of the devil. Um, I don't know if you've ever like seen the show Lucifer. Um, but there's, there's this show where, the, the devil, he's, he basically, he's walking around in LA and he's dressed in basically that outfit. He, he's really suave and like clean cut and, and whatnot. You know what I mean? Um, and I've always, that's what I've always pictured. Cause like the, you know, the devil as in like 
you know, the Lucifer devil, people don't realize, one, he used to be an angel, and two, he is the deceiver, which means, like, he wouldn't look, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't say mean, like you were saying in your story, he wouldn't say mean things, he wouldn't, he would be very clean-cut, respectable, and he would bring on a false sense of security to lull you in, to get you to make a deal with him or whatever, and fuck you over, you know? Um, so I really liked how you, you incorporated, um, like that, that's how I've always, uh, you know, and people have written the devil different ways and different stories, obviously, but I've, that's how I've always kind of pictured the devil is very kind of like, um, cunning, but clean cut and, and suave, but kind of like cunning and, and devilish, you know, um, a devil, it's not the devil. All right. A a devil. Devil. Okay. A devil. You will meet the devil later in these buckshot stories, but the devil I've modeled after Jerry Lee Lewis. Okay. 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 But yeah, no, I, I like, so it's, so it's like, like a, like a demon. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The devil is, you know, an entity from hell with a physical form. Hell's way down deep under the earth in these stories. So he's talking about the devil climbing up from hell and finding his way up top. You know, right. that's what some do. Yeah. 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 And, and I, um, I, 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 um, I often, um, talk about how that's kind of like, um, a metaphor for, for life in a sense. And it's within the specifically in, the music and writing and um, industry like that, like what you were talking about with AI or with big publishing companies or big record labels, it's, it's kind of like selling your soul in a way. And they, they, you know, greet you with smiles and nice suits on and, and whatnot, you know, and then you, but you sell your soul and you're like, wait, no, they cheated, you know? Um, so I, I like how um, stories like that can be a metaphor for life. Uh, I like I like how you did that. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm going to bring uh, our other artists up here and see what they had to say about it or whatnot. Here we go. Hey, guys, what's up? Does anybody um, have questions or comments? Um. I personally really liked how you describe things. It's very descriptive. Uh, I like the fact that you set the scene really well for where we are, how both men are feeling and all that. It's a, it's really good. It's very good description. It sets the story scene and it's easy to follow. Thank you. That was the goal. I'm trying to take you for a ride. And you did so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was I was very engaged, very engaged the whole time. Um, Toby, you had anything you want to say? I like just I love the description and the story and the setup of everything. And I like how like whenever you were performing it, like you were you were into it. Like you performed it. You gave off the accents and the dialects, and you performed these two characters. And just the it can it came together very well. 
Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so we got, I believe, three, four, including my piece at the end. We got four more pieces to do. Um, that brings us right back to uh, Beelzebub. So let's just get right into it. What's the name of the second piece? Um, hypocritical. Hypocritical. All right. Let's get Be engaged to your God. It's not enough to save a marriage fortified by the thin white powder and desperation stuck in your yellowing, breaking teeth. Let the Holy Spirit dictate my own words to you again, this time believed. You have sinned, destroyed, and made unholy. My blood is sickly by even being shared by you, and your hands diseased by the covering of crimson. Desecrated in body and spirit, when the septum of your nose collapses, then expect me not to hold forth the breath in your lungs. You've left me a ruined architect, and not even God makes a holy temple of this fortress family. My sins, my own, and your sins given you by fate. Accountability evades you like love evaded me. Be childish, and yet your innocence remains nailed to a cross as a sign of sacrifice. You cannot go back to who you were, and the childish screams only paint your adult visage like a hollow hologram of blasphemy. Let the truth that I love you be known. Clinging to your fried, dyed hair with our neon pink brushes and the stickers covering the handles, I painted your nails and felt their dig in my nail bed. My sister, my sister, I look at you and the love echoes in the vastness distance in our truths and the broken vases. But you cannot act like something and have the truth be hidden under your tongue or in the back of your throat. Be my sister, but that's not enough to save what we could have had. Your faith is as convincing as the I'm sorry's and your love will always be a mockery of who you crucified in favor of sickness. Be loved by me. And it's not enough to change how fast I will walk away. The hypocritical and metaphorical way we exist. I always give one, at least one of these out per show to at least one of my artists. This is the patented Dylan slow clap. That is what I have absolutely no words. Um, I believe I believe this is the one that I, I you sent to me not too long ago and I read. Um, but so I don't want to I don't want to I want you to talk about it on here how, uh, what inspired it whatnot. Um, so I don't want to give too much away about that. But I will say, as I said before, the passion and ex especially I mean when I was reading it, I could I could feel the passion just reading it. But when you perform that like. That is, I've never seen you be that, like, I mean, you're very passionate about all your work, but you were just, there was just some fire that got lit up in you right there. And, and it was just like, you could feel it burning all the way from over here. And it was, it was intense. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. That is a different kind of style for you 
but a fantastic style. And I think that's, that's like, uh, you should write more stuff like that. I, that is, I'm just floored. Your, your word choice and just, just everything. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about it and when you wrote it and what, what it is? Um, yes, I wrote this yesterday and, um, I, I've had a, a recent update in my life that it doesn't change the story of my life that much, but uh, it definitely intensifies the theme of it. Um, and I can't speak too much about the specific situation that inspired this, but um, I I did read it with a passion that I hoped conveyed it best. And I, I had to put my glasses on for it because I didn't want to mess up a single part of it because... Uh, this poem, I think, both due to how fresh it is and also due to the subject matter, it's a declaration of sorts, and it's something I was giving to myself as much as giving to the rest of you. Yeah, I mean, that, I I felt that last part. The, you, the, um, that's a, what a lot of my pieces are. What I try to make them be is, like, I'm, I'm, it's my own therapy, but I'm trying to give people my energy too. And with that piece, more than anything else I've heard from you or a lot of stuff that I've heard from a lot of other people, and that's not to insult anybody else. That's just to say that that is one of the most um, reach through the camera and grab your attention pieces that I've heard on the show or, or ever like it it definitely, it grabs you and it, it demands your attention. And um, sometimes that's, that's what this is for. That's it. it we use this art, not only as a therapy, but as um, you know, a public service announcement as a, you know, a way to reach out to people and speak our truth um, and, and make them listen, or at least, you know what I mean? Speak yeah. it loud where they can't ignore it. <laughs> You know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's what I have to say about it. Let's bring uh, Kevin and Toby up here. See what they got. That's something I would have to read over a few more times before I really, really got what you were doing there. Um, and it's intensely personal. I can tell that in ways that I can't do. Yes, thank you. Uh <clears throat> Uh, it is, uh, <clears throat> it will be available to read. Uh, it's probably one of the ones that I'm going to publish as like a sneak peek for my new book that's coming up. So it will be available to actually read multiple times over uh, until you get the physical copy of the book. That's awesome. I, I can't wait to read that. Like, whatever the, is it, is it going into, I don't want to, I want you to spoil too much, but is it, is it a collection that is? Yes. Is it themed or is it a bunch? Is a ran, is a random um, pieces? Uh, I can talk about my next book. Uh, my next book, which is Love Is a Needle, uh, hopefully it's coming out about June of uh, twenty twenty uh, this upcoming year. Uh, it is it is about themes. Uh, the theme that is over encompassing it is love and different lessons of love. 
It's split into different chapters. It, I plan for it to be a joy to read. It will have illustrations done, most likely by me, uh, just like in my second book. But uh, yeah, it is a theme. It will be a theme. Uh, That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I can't wait to read that. And um, make sure everybody else goes and checks out the book she already has out um, right now. Um, Nightgowns and other war memorabilia and hive mind of maggots. I've said it enough times. I gotta remember it by now. You've been on here, yeah. You've been on here like four times. I I should be able to remember it by now. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys go check that out. And then the third one, um, something about love and a needle. Love is a needle. Love is a needle. <laughs> I don't remember that one too. Um, anybody else have anything they want to say? Uh, Toby, yeah, go ahead. It's one of those pieces that's so raw, like just reading it. But whenever you're like, I was able to like feel like how angry you were and how passionate you were towards this subject. And it takes real raw talent to be able to write it and then also perform it like that. So good job. Thank you, Toby. <laughs> Yeah, I I 100% agree. Like uh, just what just like I, I was saying with Kevin, like writing it is one talent, and then performing it is a whole nother bag. And it comes, you know what I mean? It's it's a whole separate thing, and it's a whole talent by itself. And you are 100% fantastic about that. Uh, at at that, sorry. Um, and like I said, especially with that piece. That piece was just like I want to hear it again and. Um, just so everyone knows, if you do want to hear it again, this is pre-recorded. You can go to my YouTube channel. That's a little plug real quick. You can go to my YouTube channel and re-watch this episode. Um, and if you like, like Kevin was saying, if you want to go back and re-watch uh, it again and kind of dissect it and kind of break down the words or, or listen to it again to kind of get what she's saying more. Because she there was a lot in there. You know what I mean? There was a lot of emotions, a lot of different, you know, con you know, context and, and, and topics. And, and you might not even get the context necessarily because it's relating to her specific life. Um, you might not understand like the things that are going on in her life and how it relates to that. But um, I definitely encourage everyone to go back and watch the episodes and listen to people's stuff again, because you guys put out way too much emotion and energy than I can fit into an hour and a half, two hours. Like it's ridiculous. So um, thank you guys so much. And thank you for sharing that piece with us. Um, and that moves us back to Toby, I believe. So we're going to do that. All right. What is the second piece you're doing? I, I'm sorry that I was um, like, messing with my eye by the way well you guys were talking i think i might have gotten like black makeup in it <laughs> <laughs> um what's the second piece you got uh, bloody um, mary bloody mary all right i am i is this this is another one um based off a urban legend um, yes it so is i love it i'm i'm ready for it and I'm not going to say it three times. I'm just going to say it once. 
<laughs> so go do the name of that poem right there. It all started off as just a fun game, a joke. It wasn't that anymore. It wasn't a joke whenever my body became frozen once the door closed behind me and the lights turned off, denying me of any clear sight or instant escape. Laughter could be heard from the other side of the door, covering the sounds of my scared, shaky breasts. This wasn't a joke anymore. But I wouldn't be free from the darkness of the room until I did it. So I lit a candle and, and that reflected in the mirror and spoke her name, Bloody Mary, three times. It happened within a few seconds. The reflection of my surroundings became twisted, and so did my body and face. The reflection grinned at me, this horrible, dreadful grin, and I sobbed and quaked with horror. And yet the laughter outside the door kept me from escaping drowned and drowned out any of my screams. I stammered on that so bad, but that's the end of it. Listen, I mean, if you're scared, you'd be stammering, right? You'd be like, <laughs> yeah. right? So it kind of works. It works. Yeah. It works. I like that. That again, you know, I, I I love how you take those those urban legends or whatever, and you flip them and you incorporate them into your your art and and make them your own. I can't stress that enough. Like that is like one of my favorite things. That and some people have the opinion that like, oh, nobody can be original. And it's not, it's not that like you, you can take something else. Like, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of like Percy Jackson. Those, you know, those are all based on Greek myths that have already been told yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, or, you know, like, I mean the, the show supernatural, that is all, they have a whole episode. It's all urban legends. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all urban legends that they just took their own spin on. And it is, fantastic writing fantastic you know and i can see you writing for like a hit show like that at some point or like uh i mean i didn't i don't know if like screenwriting is something you'd ever be interested in but like i can see you writing a, a novel or or a, a um like something very like very very popular that's that because that that type of stuff like it has a big audience. People love like flips on fairy tales and flips on urban yes. legends. Um, you know, like the there's a show like I think it's called Once Upon Once Yeah Once Upon a Time. Yes, and it's yeah, it's all I I used to love that show, and they it's like all the fairy tales come to modern day, but like you have it takes a special type of writer to write that kind of thing, and you 100% have that talent, and it's also like you have that like dark eerie like like old 90s movie like horror movie kind of vibe you know what i mean yes. it really makes me think of some of the old 90s horror movies um and that kind of style um i love i love your writing and um yeah that is that is fantastic thank you uh, let's see if b or kevin has comments or questions for you have you considered doing a full prose story i'm sorry have you considered doing full prose stories doing short stories i have done short stories on a few occasions i've never really read them out loud or published them but i have several characters that i've written horror stories for i have a few ghosts a few demons um 
never really shared them. I give like brief explanations of characters to people sometimes, but I've not really like been like, hey, I wrote this story, read it. Well, I for one would love to. And um I would I would like I would like to also say I have not forgotten um about our yeah, our collaboration piece. Um just so everyone knows, me and Toby have been working on the collaboration piece for a while now. Mm-hmm. We both have life and stuff going on, so it's in the work, but neither of us have forgotten about it. And yes. um, your your writing style is just like that's immediate. Like I had you on my like second show, and immediately I was like, I'm, I want to collab with you. I want to write. We got We have to write something. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, B, you had something you want to say? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I wanted to comment on how uh, pretty, like, that's a really good uh, story. It reminded me that as a child, the Bloody Mary legend terrified me uh, senselessly, and that brought the emotion right back, and I love it. I love I love the way you described it. I love how descriptive. It was just great. Yes, thank you. It was, um, I share this with like, a few people. I have a really awful fear of mirrors hate them so much. Um, I can't be in front of mirrors for more than maybe five minutes to get ready for the day and then I have to leave. Uh, it's kind of like goes into just like psychosis and like I can't, like everything becomes disordered. I can't be in front of mirrors or reflections. And so I was like, hey, this would be a good way to like frame that. <laughs> so just take the urban legend and write it out that way. Oh yeah, a mayor doing some shit that you aren't doing in front of it is some of the most creepy stuff imaginable. I'm sorry to repeat that one more time. A mayor doing something that you aren't doing while you're looking at it is like the worst. Yes. <laughs> it's a that very is, scary horror element. That's mm. some creepy shit. Yeah, that's that's up there with like those dolls and and uh Stuff like that. Yeah, those those like any any kind of like children's toy coming to life or any or a reflection in a mirror Mm -hmm. that that both of those are like deep seated fears. And we've had both of them on my show tonight. (laughs) Just a word of Uh, advice. It is the Halloween episode though. It's supposed to be spooky. It's supposed to be scary. And I did give her trigger warning. So, yeah. Um, that you guys, all of your pieces have been fantastic. Thank you so much. Does anybody else have anything they want to say to um, Toby before um, I get? Wait, I get. Um, I believe Kevin is our last artist uh, with his second piece. Um, Anybody? One, two, no? All right. Well, I'm just going to get Kevin back up here. And uh, what is your uh, second piece, man? All right. This was a a story that they particularly liked. They printed the entire piece up and sent it out. This is a freebie. So if you'd uh, ordered anything from them in the last month or two, you might have gotten one of these. And I don't know if they still have copies or not. I think they might have actually gone through all of these. They gave some away to local bookstore too. And it's called Jack O'Lantern 2. 
All right, cool. Halloween and all day I spent with the dead. I brought them into my mind one by one in the order of their passing from the earliest childhood days forward. I marched them past single file on the mind's eye and tried hard to honor them, honor them by seeing them clearly. Some I saw with more clarity than others, and my heart was grieved by my forgetfulness with some. It is not good that the living should forget. I confess my performance at work was not my best. My mind and my heart had clocked out before I even pulled into the parking lot. My co-workers were likewise distracted and taciturn. All of we best that the custom demands that no work be done on All Saints Day. After Halloween night, it is best to have All Saints Day for rest. The custom is both ancient and powerful, and not even the demands of calmness may decide. For it is the custom, from the first full darkness of Halloween night until the break of All Saints morning, that the dead may come to visit the living. Always it is one that you love, that loves you. They may come. You may welcome them. Death releases his greedy grip for a little while. For one night a year they may come, and only once. I counted down my roll call to dead and wondered who would come. My great-grandfather had come once, whom I knew only from the picture. He lived long enough to hold his youngest grandchild's firstborn in his arms. He was a kind soul, full of warmth and affection. When he shared the details of his youth before the First World War, he spoke of my grandmother as a young girl, and my grandfather as a young man. He spoke to me of my great-grandmother, and my mother and aunts and uncles all recalled the same. He spoke of not what had come after his past, and the dead stooped out of these things. My first cat had come to see me one year. He had waited for me to come home from school every day, and he some wretched soul was murdered with ground glass. He leaped into my arms and would not be parted. I think we sat with him, and his whole body shook with purrs and his claws worked upon my shoulders. As the night ended and the dawn took him from me again, he meowed at me one time, and all the love he had for me lived And I was six years old and inconsolable again. Punch the clock in the day, mumble goodbyes to co-workers. The shadows grow long, and the leaves blow wild and break into the air. I am afraid. I am impatient. We all are, he said. They hear you, the hair on your neck begins to stand up. The doors are opening. They are coming. You know not who or why, but from whence they come. It all simply is home, an inventory. Pet food, wine, beer, coffee, milk, one never knows. I have been making for a few meals. Ashtray on the table. I quit years ago. I do not allow it in my house. It's just not the realest way to meet must. They are as alive to all appearances as we are this night. No spectral form within a bed sheet. No phantom drawn from some form of nightmare. It is as it was and there is. I'm nervous. I check the living room, the kitchen, the bathroom. All must be ready. I make the round, finding nothing new to address and go again. My anxiety is too great to take up a sip. Everybody has different rituals before their visitor comes. With age and years, mine, this has become mine. When I was younger, I had not seen any dead in my life. It seemed easier. A simple visit with a departed elder, but they had never gone. The thing gets harder as you go along, as friends and pets and lovers depart. And the finality of death slams your head into the bricks. You miss them, and you miss them, and you miss them, and the night approaches and your heart breaks for them all, and one will come, only one. 
I'm turning the lights on the day in its last moment. The red and golden glow of setting sun is just barely visible through the tree branches in the distance. Street lights stay to life. Dogs whine and howl in the yard. Everything seems magnified. The door swings open. The way is clear. They come. The wind carries the sand, the spirit wind that flows through walls and brains and heart and mind. I listen. The old man across the street gasps. He sees his best friend from childhood, gone 70 years. A dog barks and howls for joy as his first beloved master embraces him. An aged widow cries. Her husband has come as he promised he would. The wind is blowing, and my eyes are shut. My heart is wrapped in iron chains of melancholy. And it passes, and there is Jack, of all people. Inexpressible joy. There are times when there's a hole in your life, and you meet someone, and they fit that mix perfectly. That was Jack. Back in the old days, the drunk days, I was struggling to learn guitar. I had a junky old acoustic and a couple of chords to my name. I needed a real teacher. What little I knew, I'd just figured out on my own. I was walking home from the party. Had to be two in the morning. The street was dark and deserted, just the way I liked it. I caught the smell of a cigarette burning and heard the soft sound of the guitar being played well. I stood there listening, looking up at the balcony where the sounds were coming from. I could see the cherry of the cigarette burning, and I stood there listening until the player finished his piece. You sound great up there, I said. Thanks, man. You want to come up and have a beer? And that was how I made a couple of drunken moments colliding in that pure accident in the pitch black darkness of 2 a.m. bonded by music. We drank until near dawn, swapping songs and stories. He ran out of cigarettes, but I had an easy pack and shared out mine. By the time we ran out of steam and I resumed my walk home, I had gained a brother. Jack looked as I remembered him in the early days of our friendship. Thin, rough skin, long graying hair and matching beard. He was somewhere in his late forties when I met him, and I was in my early twenties. He looked as old as ten years, but he looked a full ten years older. He had that look that some people had when they lived too fast and too hard for too long. Jack, my voice was breaking as I greeted him. It's been a long time, he said. I thought maybe you could have a few drinks and play some songs. My skill as a guitarist has improved dramatically since the last time we played together, but I realized I didn't have an acoustic anymore, just an electric. All lungs were too loud. I need mean, not worried. As Jack laid the battered hard shell case of the instrument on the floor and popped the latches open, I saw my old junk acoustic leaning against the wall. I cursed it a thousand times for not being a respectable instrument. It was a no-name guitar that I had covered with stickers, but the neck was true and it stayed in tune and it didn't sound bad at all. I picked it up. The instrument still had the old strings I used back then. Jack had strapped on his guitar, an old mahogany Gibson. I hadn't seen it in ages, but I knew every detail. The body had been damaged badly and glued, and it was repaired on top of the guitar and under the sound holes. The other neck was uh, old and worn, and there wasn't an inch of that instrument that didn't look as ancient and well-traveled as Jack did. And the sound? There was a pound of beauty for every ounce of wear that old guitar had. Let's do some country dealing the fish. That had been one of his signature things. Jack had been a real deal hippie back in his college days. Berkeley, free speech in the anti-war. He had taken that guitar to the big rallies, the ones they still talk about today. And he'd played wherever they'd listen. Rallies, street corners, coffee houses, parties. He had loved to tell me those stories, and I loved to hear them. He told me I would have fit right into that time and place. 
He said, maybe I've been running a little too late for my own good. We tore in to feel like I'm fixing to die a rag like an early print money. That song has been beyond me in those days, and I never did learn it properly, but my fingers knew what to do. He picked up a few steps since the last time I heard you. I nodded. He unstrapped his guitar and leaned it against the wall. He pulled out a package of grown tobacco. He was poor, dirt poor, the whole time I knew him. But he smoked poor people smoke. Jack had gone to college to stay out of the war. He found a niche in the burgeoning hippie revolutionary movement. No movement like that can exist without true believers in Jack believes. They could win without a single shot fired and create something beautiful. The revolution never happened, and the only world he could have been a part of died stillborn. He graduated with a degree in history, but it wasn't until he tried to make a living with it that he got his real education. Liquor took care of the rest. Jack was a human trash engine. There was a marriage that he failed, and there was a long, drunken period of subsistence level existence that carried him up to the time I met him. He was a drunken refugee from a country that never existed. His wooden ships had all sunk in the harbor. Jack never could roll a cigarette, and he hadn't improved since the last time I saw him. I gestured for him to hand me the tobacco before he could finish the pitiful and unsmokable effort. Outside, the wind was howling, and the jack-o'-lanterns were grinning candle-powered grins. The air had grown hard and cold. Owl hollows eve wrapped their arms around the night. My furnace kicked on with a whoosh, and the comforting smell of warm, heated air mingled with the tobacco. I handed him the cigarettes. It looked more or less like it should. He nodded his thanks and struck a match from a cardboard book of them. I opened the refrigerator door to fetch us a drink. I had stocked in everything I thought a good host would need, but I found a surprise. Wild Irish rose. I heard Jack laughing. I hope you still like that stuff. He and I drank a great deal of it back in those days. We had a drinking game. We drank from the bottle, and if you got the last drink, you lost. We had some wine glasses, but that didn't seem right to the damage. I grabbed a couple of jelly jars from the cabinet and poured us a few tall ones. We raised our glasses high and brought them together. Here's the better times, I said. We drank. The taste is sweet and warm, delicate and smooth. This is not a standard bottle of the wild Irish. I drained mine in single pills as I used to do when I was a young man. Jack and I sat our empty glasses down at the same instant. I picked up my guitar and strapped it on. You ever figure out that Cat Stevens tune you were working on? Moonshadow. I couldn't get that thing down to save my life the whole time I knew him. I eventually did, and I could sing it well enough. I'd long forgotten it. Why don't you play that one for me? I'd like to hear it. I nodded. My hands went straight to the D chord and began. It came back to me as I ran through the chords and sang the song. How I had struggled to get the timing of the verses right, and how hard it was to stumble through the bridge where the changes went to bar chords. It was child's play for me now. That's how long ago it was, but I remember being the 22-year-old man with photocopy of the song out of an office supply, sourcing one of Jack old songbooks so I could learn it. Did it take long to find me? I asked the faithful light. Did it take long to find me? And are you going to stay tonight? As I rolled into the finale of the song, Jack had jumped in and we were singing together. I hadn't really thought of it since then, but there were times Jack and I would catch the song together and we sounded good. The guitars, our voices, the song, all fitting together like they belonged. We weren't Simon Garfunkel, but we could have gotten some paying gigs. I'm being followed by a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow, leaping and hopping on a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. Somewhere in the aftermath of the song, we hit the last of that bottle, but strangely, neither of us were drunk. That isn't to say I wasn't affected. Have you ever experienced something that was magic? 
something so, something so perfect that your mind lights up and you realize this is going to be part of the highlight reel of your life. It was that, exactly that. We spent a couple of years of spring on teaching students, guitars, guitar and psychedelic history. Jack was my Rosetta Stones and the mystic riding on the Woodstock wall. The time came for me to move to a different town and live a different life. I saw him occasionally on my trips back. He was getting older, still living at street level, still held tight in the grip, grip of his disillusionment and alcoholism. There came a time when I could no longer find him. No one seemed to know if he was still around or not. I practiced and learned and toiled. I lived hard. I got into a band that could have been a going concern and got my heart broken watching it burn up on the launch pad. I lived my new life in the new place. I met new people and traveled down new roads. I played street corners at odd times at night, people's parties, and caught two barroom jam sessions. I chased girls and caught them in the lost in the morning and wrote shitty songs about them I rapidly lost interest in playing. And just in my life at that place had been lived and it was time for me to move on, Jack showed up again. He was much older, but he looked much better. He quit drinking. He was planning on getting his life back together. He was settling into a scene that I knew well and that I knew he would be back to visit. We talked about the old days for a little while, standing there on the sidewalk. Finally, we both had to go. We'd see each other around. He was getting to know some of the people and places I knew. I was so glad to see him and to know that he was on the mend. And that was the last time I saw him alive. We ran through the songs. He played one, I played one, facing each other on the kitchen chairs, guitar facing guitar. Shine on, raising grandson. Shine on in the summer sky with amusement in your eye. Shine on, raising grandson. Time crawls and it slithers by and then smiles and asks us why. In the mouth of the sphinx, the little descent tested. And out of the lawn, the pagans have come for the ceremonial breakfast. Shine on, raising grandson. Hooray, the day has come. Jack was applauding at the end of that one. I love that. Who is that? I hadn't thought of it or played this long in 20 years. One of mine. I wrote it about this weird place I used to live. You would fit right in. If it's anything like that song, yeah. Jack took the last pull of the cigarette he was smoking and put it out. You always were good. Remember when you figured out the intro to Here Comes the Sun? Years had passed. I'd gotten older, raised my son, and lived as a single father. The party days had passed. I still played my instrument. I still had a muse that would not leave me alone. I had been commuting to the new and now old town, seeing many of the same places, always expecting to see him. I never did. Jack was simply not around, and he should have been. I would have offered him being older and more sedentary, perhaps. I eventually learned, ten years after the fact, that Jack had been beaten severely while walking home one night and had died from his injuries. His voice and kindness and guitar had been snuffed out with sense of unprovoked attack. He was gone. This would have happened less than a week after our last meeting on the sidewalk, which was just as unplanned and random as our first. If Jack was Ahab, the little opening rip from Here Comes the Sun was the whale. Maybe it was psychological, something that was so mythic and such an apotheosis of slang that he could not allow himself to figure it out. But I did. I simply sat down and started picking notes until the first one sounded right, and then the second, and the third, and so on. This ate up most of my free time for a couple of days, but after I had done it, I had it. When I played it for Jack, he was stunned. Nothing I could have done could possibly impress him more. Let's do Here Comes the Sun, he said. I didn't respond. I just started tearing into the intro. Jack took the lead vocal and jumped in on the rhythm. I played the lead parts and thickened up the chords when I was able, swinging back up with him as I did. Our hearts were in the same. Most times when I'm playing, I'm not aware if I sound good 
good or bad, but I was very aware in that moment that we sounded great. Jack and I always sounded good together, and we maybe missed out on something by finding each other when we were both committed to seeing how little in life we could achieve. Son, 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 here it comes. We finished the song, the last chords were hanging in the air, and I felt it. The spirit wind had begun to blow. The way back was opening. The night had passed so quickly, it scarcely seemed to begin. Jack's hair was moving as if he faced a wind, and a golden light like the sun on the horizon lit his face. I could smell salt in the air. He was looking passionate, something that only he could see. Pray for me, okay? Outside, I heard the disconsolate howl of the dog and the low whispered murmur of his first owner. He's a good boy. He's my good boy. I heard the sound of a young boy's voice coming from an old man's throat. Goodbye. Goodbye. I heard the low sobbing of a widow forced to let go of her husband once again. I heard them crying together. The wind was howling. I promise I will. You pray for me, too. Jack turned his head slightly. I began to say something, but in the instant that I blinked my stinging eyes, he was gone. The wind was no longer blowing, and the way was shut. The first thin and freezing light of all things morning had come. The guitars were gone, and the wine bottle was gone. The glasses bore no trace of that which had filled them. My ashtray was empty, so as clean as it was, and I pulled it gleaming from the closet. No cigarette smell hung in the air. Everything seemed perfectly ordinary. The furnace made a protest against the freezing morning. My heart was broken. It is our custom on the evening of All Saints Day to attend an evening mass just as the lights of the day are dying away. We follow them quietly, not speaking, giving only a deferential nod of the head if we make eye contact. We stop at the black book, open on the lectern set before the holy water fountain, inscribed in the name of our beloved dead. We sing the songs and the psalms, and we listen to the homily quietly, with reverence, and we pray for all those who have known and loved and lost. This is our custom. So it is then, so it should be, world without any Amen. I sat down at my kitchen table. Has death ceased from being cruel? Or was death allowed for one night only to demonstrate that he was kind? My body began to shake at the thought that the custom demands the tears. And so they must be shed, brought forth from the deepest reservoirs of our souls. Those jack-o'-lantern tears of all things morning, bitter as death itself, sweet as candy corn. Wow. You officially hold the record for the longest story ever told on the Lost Boys Cypher Circle podcast. Um, but there is no Halloween without a good old fashioned story time. And, um, like I said before, your narration and the way you write scenes and, and your dialect is, um, fantastic. Fantastic. There's, there's nothing like a good old fashioned story time for Halloween. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I will, uh, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll bring, uh, our other artists up here real quick and. See what they got to say about it, if anything, and we'll get when we get moving. Messed up my makeup a little bit, but whatever. Fuck it. Go ahead. Um, I really like these characters. I, you know, I was listening this entire time, just leaning back, listening to it. It's one of those things where I really wish I had that physical copy to just read because I love these characters so far. I love the one guy who was a hippie in college. 
it's wonderful that you give them this background lore that maybe pertains to like this current story or just lets you get to know them. I really like it. Again, it's so descriptive and so voluminous. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Thank you for that wonderful feedback. Mm -hmm. wow. um, Toby. I, it's almost like listening to you read this, it's almost like nostalgic. I feel like I'm like, 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 old, friends, old, like, 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 like with yeah. friends, like telling each other like scary stories all over again, like back in high school or middle school, like that it's very yeah. nostalgic and yeah. it's yeah. really, it's nice listening to you, like kind of like have that like form of storytelling. Yeah. Like, like, like a good old, like a good old fashioned, like, you know, like a Halloween story, you know what I mean? Um, that's great to, that's great to like, that's a great, like essential part of Halloween. So I'm glad we had it on here. Yeah. I feel like we've had, we like, we've incorporated like a lot of the elements like of Halloween between all of us. Like we, we've brought our own elements of Halloween. We've also like all done it in our like signature styles, which is like, I, I love it. It is fantastic. Like, like good old fashioned story storytelling and you know like a, the like long form just like, you know sit down by like like the fire is a nice effect cuz it makes you feel like you're sitting down by a warm like fire or 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 a pumpkin or whatever you know i, I mean a jack o lantern um exactly it, it gives that it gives that that vibe i love so i love the the setting um it definitely just as good just as good as our makeup or our masks um, for for tone and ambiance. So, I love I love that too. Thank you so much for reading that story for us and having that be part of our Halloween special. Um, yeah, I appreciate. Uh, before we go, I did say Kevin was our last artist. Um, Obviously, I'm going to go before we end the show, but I do have a surprise for you guys. Um, and uh, she couldn't make it tonight. However, she was scheduled, and I had her scheduled for three weeks, and she really, really, really wanted to make it, and she's one of the best artists we've had on here and one of the best artists I know. Um, so I'm going to play her flyer, and she actually sent me her pieces Um because she is not only a poet, but she is also a digital artist who creates videos to go along with her poetry um, with digital effects, sound effects. It's really cool, guys. You're going to love it. Uh, and it's perfect for the Halloween thing. Um, she's been on here before. Her name is Laura Lynn Sandez. Um, she's a poet and a digital artist, like I said. Um, if you want to go subscribe to her on YouTube, you can find her at her name, Laura Lynn Sanders, Sanders um, at, or follow her on Instagram at Laura underscore Lynn, L-Y-N underscore um, Nadir. That's N-E-I-D-R-A-U-E-R. -E and she's probably going to message me and tell me I butchered the fuck out of that, but it's okay. Um, let's play her flyer and her pieces.
what poetry means to me. I like to bring my words to life at night while I'm lying in bed. It's where I intensely express with a magical finesse all the emotions that run through my head. And sometimes I find it real easy to express and address my thoughts. And other times I'll try for a rhyme, get stuck in a spot with a word I forgot and start over a hundred times. I choose powerful words designed to sound attractive. And then I insert them in spaces beside beautiful phrases and I smile at all the reactions. For me, putting pen to paper releases a chemical form of expression. It motivates me and it captivates you and it lightens the weight of depression. I tell a story of my success, my failures, and my rejections, and then I hide them in a little app on my phone with a password for my protection. And when I'm ready to confide in the world just exactly what needs to be, I post it to a crowd with a message out loud and I call it my poetry. That is the poetry goddess, um, Laura Lynn Sandez. Uh, her first piece that she sent me um, is called, uh, sorry, let me get my list up here. It is called Serial Killer. And um, I'm going to roll the clip. If I click on the right one, we'll see. Serial Killer. Bludgeoned, intense poetic force, a satisfying fix, warm, coagulated blood, cracked, dehydrated, stone cold lips. Exhaustion, a sweet perspire, clammy corpses intrigued, collected and twisted, tickling an Kill slowly, indulge in painful supper, strike fast, strike hard, taste of blood, eat your supper. Your calculated desire, no restraint, no choke, no fumble, no tie. A shallow grave, no remorse, a will to kill me, die. Tick, tock, you watch the clock. Darkness falls, you wait. Taste the glorified adrenaline and anticipate. Such a strong gratification. Watch, listen, the curdle, the suffocation. Take a life at your will, so sweet asphyxiation. Lay your bodies down to rest, cold, warm, chopped to pieces, so precise you run your fingers and your tongue through the slice and severed graces. Inhale all the necessities the human body needs to feel. Trophy the kill, capture the thrill, develop and capture, make memory forever. Still. Now ask me, can you trust me? Something you'll never really know. But when judgment day comes and your fate resides, it could be me, your friend, who decides to disguise. Now, can you believe that that sweet lady you just saw a minute ago on that flyer made that, that if you've seen the show before, you probably can because she's a fantastic fucking artist and amazing at what she does. When she sent me that, I was like, holy, especially with the, uh, the voice effects, it was just, wow, it, like. Talking about making your skin fucking crawl, like that is Laura Lynn is one of the artists that I have on here um, frequently. Who her stuff, some of her stuff makes my skin crawl, but like in like a in in, in a in a bad but like good way because it's uh, it's good art. That's what like we were talking about at the beginning of the show. That's um, what art is about. It's about getting that reaction. That's definitely. Um, it's appropriate for the Halloween episode. So 
Hell yeah. Um, thank you, Laurelyn, for sharing that with us, even though you're not here right now. Um, I'm going to bring uh, these other artists up and see if they have anything they would like to um, say about that clip. Because that clip was intense. Definitely was intense. I really like it, though. Uh, the voice modulator was uh, unexpected, but I've always liked how she carries the rhythm of her poetry, and um, I hope the compliments uh, I hope she receives the compliments, but it was, it was really spooky and perfect for the Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, her, I've, I agree. I've, like, oh, something that's been always been my favorite about her is that her like her flow you saw in her her trailer or what I, her flyer when i played it um it she has this flow and this rhythm and it's just like it's so unique and it i i vibe so much with it and then she you know there's there, she does different types of pieces but when she does those darker pieces it it, it I, I mean as a darker artist myself i vibe much more with that, but then, you know, keeping that dark rhythm and flow and then putting the voice modulator, like you were talking about on top of it, just like a flawless as, as a poet and as a digital like creator, that was just amazing and flawless. And she's getting better with every video she puts out. Um, Toby, you want to say something? It, it's very, intense but it's intense in the way that it's tasteful like the graphics and the way she describes it like it's very intense it's very brutal but it's tasteful and i like pretty much everything she puts out how it flows and it's always in a way that like it can be liked by a very wide audience no matter what you're typically into with your readings and your poetry yeah, like like yeah, like I was saying, like it's it's bad and skin crawling, but like in a good way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I I agree with that. Um, Kevin, did you have anything you want to add? Um, no, it was very well produced. Uh, the whole video production thing is kind of a new thing to me. Yeah, yeah. She she's uh um I believe that she uh it like got started doing that and actually not too long ago and her I've had her on the show since almost the beginning of my show and since the beginning of her starting to do that kind of thing or I well I had her on my show I believe once or twice um these past couple times but I've been uh, associated with her and talking to her and friends with her for much longer than that and I think before I set up the show and to see her evolution of not only her poetry, but like how she's grown as a digital creator and been able to add, add those effects and not only add, like add just, she's not just like adding things and, and slapping stuff on there. It's, it's all pieces. Like they're all pieces of art the the, the imagery, the voice thing, but it's all does one doesn't work without the other. You know what I mean? And these, all these, these pieces that she like, expertly puts together and just to see how good she's gotten in such a short amount of time has been fantastic and such a fucking honor mm -hmm. um, and for those of you who know her um she is a wonderful amazing lady very nice but 
she can write some dark fucking shit, man. She's got she's got some real darkness in her past and in in her brain, and um, I love how she expresses it. Um, so, that being said, I'm gonna play her second piece. Um, we'll you know comment on it if you guys have any comments, and then I'll do my piece, and we'll wrap the show up. All right, guys. Here is her second piece. It is called A Real Hold on. A Real Hallow's Eve Tale by Laurelin Sandez. The moon hangs crouched beneath the trees on October's Hallow's Eve. The fog rolls off the tombstones over the blades of grass that are overgrown and the dead begin to speak. They rise to the occasion to come alive this night. They're not invited by seance where there's usually no response. They're welcomed by all fright. <laughs> the invisible veil between two worlds breaks on October 31st. The souls of the dead with things left unsaid come back to haunt the earth. Well, children dress like scary monsters and gather candy by trick-or-treat. There's witches on brooms riding past the moon casting spells on the souls that still bleed. There's screams and scares up and down the street. The night's denounced to fright. Its intoxicating haunt goes way and far beyond just a message to the other side. So the dead will haunt while the living are oblivious costumes and painted faces. We call it a celebration, but it's really an invitation to pull the dead from unwanted places. They hide in the walls and under your bed. They live inside of your closet. They're not the ghost that goes boom. They live inside of you and steal from the souls who've lost it. So carve your pumpkins and eat your candy. Eat so much that you don't fall asleep. Because there's always that ghost that wants you the most and will take you once you've fallen asleep. <laughs> the sun will rise into a new day where you should have woken your bed. But you're not there, you're not anywhere. You now belong to the dead. And between two worlds, your soul will wander, lost until the next Hallow's Eve. When the whole world welcomes the dead to death amongst the graves where the living still breathe. And this isn't a tale of witches and goblins or vampires that strike in the night. It's a warning that by ignoring my warnings by morning, death will come for you tonight. <laughs> Jeez. Well, that is quite the fucking Halloween tale if I ever I heard one. That is... uh chilling and it is honestly and i i've i've seen this million times it is hard to write something and honestly most horror movies and stuff like that they don't scare me they don't chill me to the bone that did and that's that that comes from uh, i don't know what kind of she's not here to talk about it so i don't know what kind of place that comes from in her heart but I assume it doesn't have much light in it. Um, and just that is an amazing fucking Halloween. To, like that is just like that is just what we need. And that is like the I couldn't have ended the night better myself. Actually, I'm, I'm scared to follow that. Um, that being said, I am going to follow that. Um, but I'm going to see if anybody else has any questions or or not questions because she's not here, but comments on 
on her on her work because that was yeah b um again <clears throat> knocked it out of the water with the spook factor i also just want to comment on how much work it has to be to put these videos together that's awesome that that's like so much determined determination to put the work out that she does all this work with it i think that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and like like i said her her like the the work she's done and how far she's can't come in such a short time and and like the the like i mean professional production value like of of her video like they're they're amazing they're amazing and and from someone who does a little bit of production on the internet and and does his own stuff i know how hard it can be and yeah a lot of a lot goes into that and i like i said she should be just as passionate and proud of the the writing itself as the the production of the video because yeah that's that's fantastic you're absolutely right um toby it's pretty like much like you and b have already said like it's amazing how much work goes into not just the writing but the entire thing you have the like creation of the voice you have the actual video editing and the digital skill and then you have the actual piece that you're reading and you still even with the voice you still have to put some emotion into your actual voice while you're reading like it's so much and it's amazing to like see and also hear her work at the same time yeah yeah 100 percent and like I said, it is like the perfect like end cap to my like Halloween special. Yes. It is like uh, all of the things I've had on here have been either personal fears or triggers of mine or some of my favorite like Halloween related legends and just like all the Halloween things that we needed for, yes. for the show. And I love that everybody brought something to the table. Um, and did it in their own signature styles. Um, I, I love that. So thank you guys so much. Um, I'm going to do my piece real quick. And then um, I'll bring you guys back up just to say goodbye and, and thank you one more time. And uh, and we'll get out of here, all right? All right. Now, um, don't judge me too harshly because this is a new piece. I just wrote this. Um, this is, uh, my attempt at trying to write a Halloween piece and, um, it is called Monsters and Masks and it's about, um, Monsters and Masks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let me get to it. The thing would load. There we go. Come on. Of course, it wants to act up when I do try to do my piece. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Strange things will, hap will happen on All, All Hallows' Eve. There are things done in the dark that would make your eyes bleed. There are things hidden from sight in the woods late at night under ghostly moonlight no mere mortal should see. There are creatures that slither on up from the deep and things that awaken that have been fast asleep. They hide in the shadows. They crawl and they creep. They relish our terror and they love when we scream because they feed on our fear when they enter our dreams. That's why we wear masks to hide from the fiends and offer up treats to keep monsters appeased. 
this more uh, <clears throat> there's more to this night than the monsters in fright it's more for some people than first meets the eye uh, for most there is only one night they must dress up and hide but uh, for most it's a joke and a playful disguise but then there is some whose whole life is a lie i really don't think they will ever realize that some of us out here must hide all the time hide from the torture of life or the monsters inside because the horror that plagues us plays tricks on our mind while the darkness consumes us and smothers the light so we put on our mask and keep hidden from sight that's why we feel safest on halloween night because those ghouls and those goblins just make us feel right like we're at home and like we're not alone we're not scared of the ghosts and the skeleton bones because they hang in our closets right next to the clothes. And this is for those dark and lost souls who put makeup and mask on to hide from the world. I want to reach out and just say that I know. I know what it's like to feel lost in the darkest hole, darkest of holes with the monsters and ghosts where there is no hope and there's nowhere to go. So you're forced to just settle and call it your home. I know what it's like to put on a mask every day. I know what it feels like to hide all the pain and just cover shit up because you feel so ashamed. I know how annoying the voices can be in your brain. I know that the noises can drive you insane. Just know that you're never alone in the darkness and don't be afraid. When we walk to the shadows and light and the light starts to wane, I'll be using my lantern to light up our way. And that is my piece. Um, and just to like tell you a little bit about it, um, I'm, I uh, I was kind of talking a little bit about this at the beginning of the show and with, with B about her mask is a lot of people don't bring attention to the fact that a lot of us have to hide all, hide every day and a lot of us have monsters that we fight every day. And for some, you know, I, I love Halloween and I love the candy and I love the fun of it, but um, also, you know, relating and kind of using those metaphors relating to real life you know, it's not just a holiday for us because on this holiday is when we feel the most at home because we're not the only one dressed up in a costume. Um, and so that's kind of what I was trying to convey with that piece. Um, but yeah, anyone, any questions or comments for me? Yeah, B. <clears throat> you sent me this while it was in progress and I, I mean, every word I said, I really love it. I love your flow. I love the fact that this is something that like I especially can like relate to because uh, I wear a mask constantly, uh, not just physically, but always, even on the days whenever I am not wearing this mask or if I'm around the people who have the privilege of seeing me without it. There is still a mask there, and bringing that forward for attention is something I try to do, and you doing it in this piece it is so, it's very visceral and applicable, and I really like how you phrased it and how you put it, and I still really like the ending where you add that tiny little droplet of your dream and your hope into it. Thank you. Like, like I said earlier, like that's what I try to do is I try to give, I try to give a little bit of energy back. And and it put put a little bit of energy back out into the world, um, and you know, like you were saying, like we kind of all put on masks in in different ways, and it's not that we're being necessarily fake. There, it's different aspects of ourselves. You know, I mean, like on the show, I'm more laid back and real with you guys than I am with say customers at work. You know what I mean? But that's not to say I'm being fake with customers at work it's just a different part of my personality it's a different mask that i put on um, yeah. you know and i think that we all do that a little bit um so yeah I, I that's definitely something i was trying to bring attention to uh toby you have 
anything? It's like B said, it's a very like relatable thing. You, you said it, everybody in their own way, like has a mask to some extent or some level. Um, some people it's a very, it's a more drastic kind of shield than others. Uh, but it's a very relatable thing for everybody. And I like that you have like that little, like that. And then again, like B said, like that kind of like, I know how you feel. Like, I know you are not alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's, that's what I try to do, not just with my show and like with my poetry, but like just in life. I mean, speaking about customers, like I'm not fake to them either. I, when I, you know, when I greet them, I try to give like a little, a little bit of positive energy, you know, back and out, out into the world because it, it always comes, it always comes back to you. You know what I mean? And sometimes you, the smallest bit of your light can brighten someone's world. Um, like so much more than, you know, and then when that energy eventually comes back to you, you might be at the darkest point in your life. And that just little bit of light that might save you from the darkness at that, at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's, it's, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for your feedback. And I love that you love this piece. And I, I am like 100% more confident in it than I was when I started after like, just performing it and getting you guys feedback. That was the first time I have read it out. Actually, no, I read it out loud to myself once in the car earlier. Um, I had to go, um, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was today. Yeah. I had to go do a um, run for work and um, I, I read it out loud once in the car, but that, that was the second time of I've, I've ever read it out loud. And I first time I ever read it to anybody um, but thank you for B for, I did send it, uh, you like the progress of it as I was writing it. So thank you for your feedback as I was writing it. That was, um, yeah, thank you. And thank you guys so much for coming on my show again. It's been awesome. Another awesome show. Um, is there anything else anybody wants to say before I get us out of here? It's always a pleasure being on and sharing our works and listening to your works. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love this show. I love what you're doing. I love every time you invite me back. I'm always excited for it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And I can't wait to have you back again. I'm going to close up the show now. And um, uh, this, oh, one more announcement before I close up the show. This is our last Thursday show um, for the foreseeable future. We're changing it to Saturdays. That's going to start on November 4th, um, going to November 11th, November 18th, and November 25th. Uh, so those are the dates for November. Um, I have spots open. So if you want to get on, uh, message me at Dylan Lawler or um, at Gmail. Or Jesus, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I can't even talk. Message me at Dylan Lawler or at lostboy420x at gmail.com if you want to come on the show or if you have any questions or comments. And you can go check this show out and all the other shows out on my YouTube channel. Uh, that's at Lost Boys 
um, or just type in Dylan Lawler. Um, that's the channel it's under. So thank you guys so much for coming out. Tune in. This is going to stay next Thursday, but tune in Saturday the 4th. Peace out, guys. <laughs>